0: This week's episode of To The Top Talk is brought to you by CollegeSportsUnfiltered.com Talking Southern Miss athletics with some pretty knowledgeable Southern Miss fans. Great place to go, unvarnished, unfiltered. You won't have to sift through the propaganda. Southern Miss fans, check it out. CollegeSportsUnfiltered.com You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamie. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night.
1: Every day, anything we do, it's Southern Miss To The Top.
0: What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey, presented... By 4th Street Bar in Hattiesburg. We are here with your break from all of the high resource 5 propaganda in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. On the line with me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend Jason Bailey. Take it away, Jason.
1: Greetings and salutations, you guys. Had a, uh, know, yeah, maybe could have had a better weekend, but um, all in all, man, uh, had a pretty solid weekend, took the family down to the coast today for a little bit, got back, and uh, looking forward to Troy.
0: We have got a new title sponsor. That's right, 4th Street Bar right here in Hattiesburg. We've spent many a night there. Jason, probably more <laughs> so
1: than myself. Jason, <laughs> talk to us a little bit about this 4th Street Bar. Uh, so Fourth Street, everybody knows Fourth Street Bar. If you don't, it's the former End Zone over there. Good buddies of ours, uh, Slade White and Kevin, uh, both um, own that place and have been gracious enough to uh to sponsor the podcast for the football season. So if anybody um if anybody's looking for a good happy hour, a good place to go to watch some Monday Night Football, um, you know they have lunch specials every day of the week. If anybody's looking for any kind of that in your life, that's definitely the place to check out. It's, uh, it's one of, it's one of of me and my wife's favorite places to go, and it's been that way for years. These guys totally redid the entire bar. It's Southern Mist out to the gill. More memorabilia than probably anywhere, uh, else in Hattiesburg or probably the world. (laughs) Right? So, uh, one of my favorite bars, and, uh, right here, uh, right across the street from, um, from MM Roberts Stadium and right down the street from, uh, What, softball and baseball, I guess. So it's basically on campus. It's as close as you can get to on campus for a bar, and it's it's awesome. Go check them out.
0: They've got some specials for Monday Night Football, Chili Dogs, beer specials on Bud Light, Dos Equis, Michelob Ultra. You can play football bingo and win prizes. They also have the 128 Beer Towers for $20. You've also got beer and food specials for Thursday Night Football. And like Jason said, don't forget their plank lunches and their sandwich of the week. This week, it's a homemade meatloaf sandwich. It is your home for Southern Miss Sports, the 4th Street Bar. If it's televised anywhere, they will have it on. And like Jason said, the best memorabilia collection you'll find. When I go in there, it's always good to, to have the fellowship and cut it up. But I nerd out and just start walking along the walls just looking know, right? at everything. I mean,
1: it's, yeah.
0: it's, it's always been great in there.
1: Yeah, awesome. And hey, man, uh, Friday lunches, Catfish Friday, and I think Pork Chop Thursday they got. But Catfish Friday is particularly my favorite. Visit our friends at the 4th Street
0: Bar on 4th Street, just off Highway 49 in Hattiesburg. Also, a word from our friends at Jason Baker at the Prestige Insurance Agency. For all of your home, auto, farm, and commercial insurance needs, con- contact Jason Baker at the Prestige Insurance Agency in Hattiesburg, 601-475-4995, 601 475 four nine nine five. He can help Golden Eagle fans anywhere in the state. Southern is to the top. Also a quick word from our friends at Courtyard at Marriott. If you're coming to the Hub City, coming in for games, or for you're bringing your mistress out of town, you want to bring her to Hattiesburg, <laughs> go to the courtyard by Marriott. It's on the corner of um it's kind of on the corner of Hardy and, and fifty nine. More so off of Hardy just a little bit, but right next to Mugshots if you know where Mugshots is. Great location comfortable stay uh, i don't stay in hattiesburg but when i do I always stay at the courtyard by marriott all right so we get the plugs out of the way and we got some cool surprises coming up with with
1: what we're doing so you guys just stay tuned uh we're working on some cool things with all this pretty stuff. much got you covered there with the sponsors too i mean you can get your insurance you know you can get uh you can get a place to stay i'm guessing an uber ride from where you stay to the rock or to fourth street bar for that matters what like eight bucks so hey you're welcome and you can go
0: jibber-jabber and shoot off at the mouth on the message boards as we had in the commercial prior to the show. So you've Very got true.
1: Very all true. that
0: going for you. A, a shout-out to Matt White. I was on the Matt White Show this week talking about uh, the the upcoming game. And – uh He's gracious enough to come on the show, gracious enough to have me on, so much appreciated to Matt for that. So without any further ado, of course the big news this week was the game this Saturday as Mississippi Stark defeated Southern Miss 38-15. to Now it was, you know, I don't think either of us, and I think the vast majority of fans, I don't think anybody expected to win. I think everybody felt like we had a shot, but... You know, after that first quarter, it just kind of seemed like we were outmanned
1: from the get go. Yeah, we got shell shocked, and you never know. I mean, how many how many times have you heard that? Like the the what the first five minutes of the game or first eight minutes of the game, um, you know, go a long way as far as the momentum you're going to have, and you know, just kind of sets up the rest of the game. So, and ours, it was it was just kind of weird. You know, I don't want to I don't know if it was being a little tentative, or like you said, maybe being a little outmanned. Or um you know, I mean, of course it hurt not having Quiz and not having Mo. But um yeah, th- th- there was there's a there's a feel to it where I, I just don't think that we handled it as good as we maybe will probably handle games like that towards the end of the season. So um it couldn't start it off much worse with the missed field goal and giving up the score. But um that being said, we did hang around for a little bit and just just never really quite Got got over the the hump, you know.
0: And I I was kind of encouraged by the way we moved the ball early on. We just couldn't finish, and I'm I'm sure, sure. that's something we'll talk about. But you know, when Coker Wright was in the game early, the line was getting. I mean, we were pushing them around up front at mm-hmm. the start. Of the I mean, we we break off our eight yard run. We break, you know, it was just like, mm-hmm. man, where was this last week? And I kind of okay, well, and then I saw they were moving. I mean, their quarterback Tommy Stevens was. Spot on with every single throw he made. And, I mean, their receivers were a good five, six inches taller than ours. Their linemen were a good 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds heavier than ours. Um, just the nature of the beast right now with recruiting. I mean, I hate to I hate to say that, but, I mean, just being honest and fair, it's tough to expect us to well,
1: play. I mean, and, and, and they played way better than I think I was expecting them to play. Uh, I mean, all I heard about, Stevens had potential, but it was a little inaccurate. <laughs> He starts the game nine for nine, just throwing. Um, in, granted, a lot of those receivers were wide open, which so I know we'll get into that too. But um, yeah, they came out uh making a statement. And look, hey, it's it was a game that, that probably could have gone a long way in getting the respect that we want and that probably most of us think that we deserve. But you're in a tough environment. Uh, you know, tough not having Quez and Mo. It's tough on the road. Tough against all that comes with playing these teams from that league, but um, I just didn't think we showed up collectively, really. You know, in spurts probably, but altogether, not really.
0: Well, let's talk about the good, the bad, what we need to work on. Let's start with the good. What do you got?
1: Good. I have first thing I have for good is that I, I was impressed with with Perkins. Um, per, I thought Perkins looked great. These big back, speed. Um, I thought he stepped up, thought he didn't shy away from the uh, from the moment at all, and maybe we should have even used him a little bit more. Um, and and it just he stepped up in that role as the uh, number one running back and um, really did some nice things that moving forward I think teams will have to account for. I, I want to say he went five uh, rushes for 50 yards, 50, 51 yards. And on another note
0: on the good, another – Running back, and I say that in quotation marks, but DeMichael Harris got the start at running back. He right. Six carries right. for 49 yards. Mm-hmm. So I sure. really like what they did with him, trying to put as much speed on the field as possible. I mean, six carries for 49 yards is pretty stout for a, a, a smaller wide receiver, you know? So I, I thought that the, it was encouraging what you saw from those two. Uh, I think we had, we had what, 120, 110 yards rushing, which is more than we had last week.
1: Right, no, yeah. Well, actually, my number two uh, for the good uh, just goes along those same lines. I got DeMichael Harris and uh, Adams were used uh, creatively, you know, to try to get the run game going. And then it ended up being Perkins that kind of took the reins after that. But you know, if you comp- if you just combine Harris and uh, and Perkins, if it was just one running back, you'd have 11 rushes for 100 yards, right? Sure, that's not yeah. bad against no, no, probably no. the best defensive front outside of Alabama that we're going to see all year
0: and you mentioned uh, Jalen Adams I put that as one of my goods was his touchdown catch he caught a 28 yard pass from mm-hmm. Jack Abraham for a touchdown where he dived and just just right. pulled it in uh one of the one of the, I mean he had some highlights last week anyways but this is another one to add to his reel it was his first receiving touchdown of 2019 and the fourth receiving touchdown of his Golden Eagle career
1: yeah he's a stud and he's and he's really kind of coming into his own, and I think you know we're just we might just this might just be just just uh you know just the beginning. Also, another one I
0: had for good is is just from a point of consistency, uh, Jordan Mitchell, nine receptions for ninety four yards and a TD,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, topping off his one hundred plus yard um, outing last week. So he sees so far, jo- Jordan Mitchell appears to be the go to guy. You know, Quez will be back this week. That's another name to throw into the mix. So coming into conference season, we should be getting to where we have some pretty solid depth at wide receiver.
1: Yeah. And that's another part of those big plays. I mean, we, we definitely had some big plays, not just offensively, but defensively just overall, we we needed more consistency, right? Cause you talk about my final good here is, is Ty Ty Williams with the two sacks, um, those were momentum killers, and it actually kind of knocked out Stevens, right? So th- that's that's stuff that goes in the good column, and it goes into uh, the this um, just the big play column. Um, I don't know if we're gonna need more of that. Well, you always need more big plays, but if we can have more consistent play, not leaving these receivers open, combined with the big play ability offensively and defensively, then you know we we got a ball we got a ball cake team. So we'll see.
0: All right, what about the bad? I'm going to get it started off. Mm-hmm. And although we weren't privy to this because we didn't make the trip, the heat looked mm. brutal.
1: Yeah. It was hot. Uh, you could tell guys were cramping up um, really early on. Um, it looked like the stadium, which was, you know, 50,000 plus, turned into 29,000 in a hurry. <laughs> yeah. And I don't blame them. You know, the shaded side, everybody was still there, but the other side, I get it. Um, but, um, yeah, no, it was definitely hot. I'd like to think that we, that, that favored us somewhat, you know, not practicing indoors. Um, and then, you know, somebody mentioned on Twitter that state, even their first game was indoors. Uh, I thought that would play to our favor. Uh, it did not turn out that way.
0: And I think it was, you know, it, the game kind of, kind of got a little out of hand if it would have been closer, it, maybe it would have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. True.
0: Um, you know, that being said, we, we got what within two scores, uh, under 10 minutes left. So, I mean, it's not like it was out of reach, but, I mean, it would have taken a miracle to come back right. to at that point. Right, right, sure. Yeah. What else What else do you have for bad?
1: Bad, I have turnovers. Um, a million times we, we've gone over it, uh, but, you know, turnovers, we had two picks and a fumble. And no matter who you're playing, it's probably going to lose you a whole lot of ball ballgames, um, specifically against good teams, you know, which I think Mississippi State is a good team. I don't think they're a great team. But I think they've have, uh, I think they're, I think they're, <laughs> they're even better than good when you, when you give them the ball three times. So that's something we're going to have to clean up.
0: And I thought, turnovers aside, I thought Jack had a pretty solid game. I mean, up until those two interceptions at the end, which kind of like forcing it, I mean, he was 18 for 26, 234 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and one fumble. Um, so I don't, I thought he had a decent day. Given this I mean, and when he had time to throw, he looked sharp. And we had a couple of linemen get banged up, and after that happened, you started seeing the regression there where if it was second and long or third and long, we were in trouble.
1: You know, no, so yeah, you're
0: right. um but yeah, definitely gotta get that cleaned up moving forward. And like we said a minute ago, I mean, this is probably gonna be the second most difficult defense we're gonna face all year. So um hopefully it'll go up from there <laughs> from there. All right, what That's else right. you got for uh bad?
1: Uh, bad. I put injuries here, but I, th- I think a lot of it's got to do with um, a lot of a lot of the injuries that we had. I don't think were that serious. I'm not positive about Coker, but I don't know if it was that serious. But um, just the fact that we got beat up pretty good, um, and with Troy coming up next week, and what I think might start to become a must win—not from a conference standpoint, but you know, early in the season, this is about as big as uh, of a game we've had in a while where we where we really need the victory. Um, so I think we come in limping a little bit to that game. And I just put that under the injuries column because yeah, with with, uh, with Troy coming off a bye, obviously they're not going to have near as many injuries. So that, that, that went in the bad column for me. I haven't
0: seen, in another name that we haven't talked about, but I was kind of hoping to see this week was Taj Sykes. I thought, you know, his size up front would have definitely sure. come in come in handy this week. So I don't know what his story is, but Coker was on the sideline in crutches at one point during the game. So I don't know mm. what his status is. Um But on the flip side of that, I, I think it was, even though there were some inconsistencies with, with effort at times, uh, we banged them up pretty bad too. I mean, they yeah. had
1: no, no several
0: doubt. guys, I mean, I, I'm not celebrating injuries, but I mean, I think it was a, I think it was a battle more so mm-hmm. than it seemed on the scoreboard at times. Um I've got another bad, and I'm going to say this bad for us was Kylan Hill. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, the running back from Mississippi Stark, had 14 carries for 123 yards and one touchdown. He was, I mean, he might be, I, I haven't watched Alabama, so I don't know what they've got. Then they always have about five or six running backs on their way to the league, but he might be one of the best football players we're going to see all year long. And there were times where we'd hit him and you'd think he'd be down and he would either drag somebody another 10 yards or he'd break off three or four tackles and he's just a beast.
1: He's got that Ezekiel Elliott type of thing going on. Um, and Um And I think he'll, um, just the real deal i mean probably yeah like you said probably the best runner we're gonna see this year i mean and this this might sound just ridiculous but I mean, if he keeps doing stuff like that jumping over people and shaking off tackles and running for over 100 yards every game in that particular league that might even end up having like you know he might even end up like as a heisman contender i don't know um but he, i think he's that good just from what i saw um now do we have to tackle better sure um but i think a lot of that might have had to do a little bit with hill yeah, he's unbelievable. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So, uh, some more on the bad.
1: Bad kicking game. Missed, and, and,
0: with the kicking, you're throwing the punting in there as well.
1: Right. Yeah. Kicking game total. Um, and I, I still like Stein. He's got a huge leg. I mean, he was, yeah, he, uh, he made, he made his first kick of the season last week. This was a little different. I mean, I, I, I want to say Steve was telling me that I think this kid missed like one kick in high school. <laughs> You know, and this first kick the other day he missed by forty feet. So I think that's nerves. I did not know anything about the with the, with the leg. I don't know enough about it to talk about if the hold was great or the timing was off or anything like that. But I just know he missed it by a mile, and I think he's only going to get better. But when you have a missed field goal against a team that you're gonna, probably going to be struggling to beat to begin with, and then, and then you throw in a sixteen yard shank punt, and another punt under thirty yards, um, that's a uh, that's a recipe for disaster. And as good as your defense wants to play, you keep giving up a short field and taking points off the scoreboard. It's just not going to help.
0: I thought, you know, for a true freshman, for that, Mm -hmm. for that being his longest kick, I mean, he, I think he made three last week, if I'm not mistaken, and Mm -hmm. missed one kick this week. Not a huge deal, but yeah, I think, I think all in all together, the special teams uh, where the foot is involved, um, and two, it's kind of strange that we have two punters wearing the same number. I, I know it's <laughs> How a little bit
1: ridiculous of yeah.
0: gamesmanship, but I mean, it's just it does. I don't think it does us any good. But yeah, we had a couple of punts that were shanked, or you know, it just. I know we're it's not a strength of the team right now, but that, that's something that's got to get better, especially with this with the field position that we gave them most all of the game. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah,
0: I have another bad that uh, was, and I understand it in some ways, but the play calling. On on like third downs, a lot of times there were several times where I want to say it wasn't too maybe it's like a third and ten or third and twelve or something and we and we just run it up the middle. Uh, there's several times and then there's a time it's like third and two and we try to run a bubble screen, you know, throwing it back and of course we get dropped for a loss. It was one of those like several and I get that you don't you don't want to turn the ball over and, and, and you know you certainly understand that but there's several times where. It didn't really feel like you were going out there to win the game. You were just going out there to, to secure the ball and punt it away.
1: Seems like in a perfect world, um, our offense would love to take like 11 minutes off the clock, barely get like nine first downs on a drive and score, right? Which is great. I think that we have the potential to do, to go quicker than that, right? Um, well, I think they tried to go quicker early in the yeah, game. Yeah. Well, and, and, and hey, look. I'm not completely disappointed with the play call. I mean, those those particular plays were all left scratching our head a little bit. And I realize we're only scratching our head because the play didn't work. But I don't think anybody would complain about it if you got third and eight and you throw a slant and they break it up or we drop it or whatever. You say, well, good good call. Didn't work out. Nice defensive effort. Um, but, yeah, when you just run plays that, it's, that you don't see there, it's just such a small percentage um, of it actually working out. You you wonder you wonder what happened. I think so, it's I think yeah.
0: it's magnified too by the past three years under Shannon Dawson because those were similar calls that Shannon Dawson had had made even prior to his time at Southern Miss, you know, his time at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing I think that really, if, if if it was just a fresh coordinator and there was no point of comparison, that's one thing. But from seeing that the past few years and then seeing that in this game. I hope that that's something that uh is doesn't become uh habitual especially when it comes to um you know conference play.
1: Right. And I, like we said last week I'm I'm I I'm fully okay with with not opening up um uh, any kind of uh opinion on total play calling until after next week but through three games um through through two games I got a pretty good idea what's going on and I, and I don't hate all of it. Um, you're never gonna love all of it either, but like you said, the, the comparisons to the last three years nobody wants to talk about, it, nobody wants to see, it. and and I, I think he's still getting uh, his feel for these guys too. Yeah,
0: and your uh-huh. your best running back goes down. I mean, first series of your career here. Uh, you know, your 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 all preseason all conference wide receiver hasn't played yet. I mean, you're probably going to get to open up a little more with him out there. You know, you've got this game this week, which. You know, we'll get into the spread and everything, but it's a it's pretty much a pick'em if you if it was on a neutral field. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you'll get to see a little bit more of more
1: of what we're capable of. Do you have any more it, of the bad? Oh, go ahead. Oh, well I was just gonna say and, and, and for the people out there that, that say, well, you know, we still have good players, yeah we do. But let's just put this in a term of, of everybody's favorite NFL team right around here, the Saints. So with us that being without Mo and Quiz, that's kinda like the Saints being out without Kamara and Thomas, right? If you're going apples to apples, there our our number one wide receiver, number one running back, their number one wide receiver, their number one running back. So uh, it's probably you know the, the Saints are probably going to struggle if they're missing those two guys. So I'm just saying, you know, it, it that could that could be at least part of the issue.
0: I think that the, to be fair, I think that those two are would be a little more difficult to replace.
1: <laughs> but, well, I mean, you know but I know what your point. I know yeah. I get
0: your point. Yeah, I totally right. get your
1: point. Do you have any more of the um, bad? The last bad that I have is only going to be for people that don't watch that particular league because I've had just about enough of the announcers and this SEC love fest. It honestly makes me want to puke. I mean, I get that you that you're part of the network and I get that, you know, everybody in the world except for the people in Hattiesburg thought that that was an afterthought game. But I mean, don't give me this wide, you know, this SEC speed stuff. I don't I don't need that. Like if there's a wide open receiver out there, um you know, it, it's not because he had SEC speed. It's probably because, like, there was some blown coverage, right? I don't think that had anything to do with SEC speed. Um, I mean, where, where was that SEC speed when Jordan Mitchell went for 65? I don't know. It's just a tired, tired take. I got tired of listening to SEC being used in, as a, like you say, an adverb, an adjective, a noun, a every whatever thing that there is. And, and that was, that was my last bad. We, and when
0: you say the term SEC, Southeast Confederacy, what you really mean is you're encompassing all of college football. You you could win the national title, like the Crimson Tide do on the regular, or you might lose to Jacksonville State. You might lose to Maine. You might lose to Georgia State, like happened last week. Who who beat South Carolina? You know, it was like you – it encompasses all of college. It doesn't just go for the top-heavy part of the league. If you use that as a term, it should encompass all of that, which is all of college football.
1: <laughs> so, not saying they're not great, but you know, no, I am I'm saying not saying that, this. Is not a, that, but that, it's you know, a Missouri little, gave up like 320 yards on the ground to Wyoming. It's a little
0: overhyped at times, yes. and it's and and really the ones that deserve the overhype are probably the Crimson Tide. You know, there's probably about three or four no teams doubt. that you could throw into the mix on that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But um, all right, well let's move to what we need to work on. Let's do it. I'm going to start with consistent effort. This is something that. Watching the game yesterday and having watched the team over the past few years, there's a lot of things that you factor into everything, you know, as far as where we are at Southern Miss right now, you know, trying to get the roster back full, mm-hmm. you know, the, the deficiencies in revenue, you know, we were, we have a, we have 75 million less in our athletic budget than the team we played this weekend. And right. we have about 25 million in our budget. Just put that in perspective. So, but. What you expect to see from Southern Miss teams is just a, a disregard for anything other than the fact that we belong on the field. And at times, it's disappointing when you see inconsistent effort. And effort, I don't mean errors. I mean half assed tackles, running into people trying to knock them over, not wrapping up. I mean, there were several times where Colin Hill would have gone down had there been an attempt to wrap him up. And there's other times where they, where they made tackles the other day where they were knocking somebody's block off. You know,
1: mm-hmm. there sure. were some
0: play. You know, some players out there were playing out of their minds, and and you know others were not. But it just kind of you didn't you saw flashes here and there, but you just didn't see a fire and really a, a, just a consistent effort. And there's been several times over the past few years where that's been the case. And I, you can place blame wherever you want, you can make excuses wherever you want, but we're we're just use. You know, you you think back to that 2013 team that won the, only one game that year. You know, with me and you went to every game you know, at at the rock and it never, it felt like we were getting better. It felt like you were seeing these guys, even if you lost, you knew that they were laying the groundwork for the future, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think this team has a lot of potential. I think, you know, I think, uh, definitely should be in the running for the CUSA, a West title and definitely should have a shot at the conference title. If, if they do progress, but, you just didn't you just hadn't seen that as much you you would you'd go to those games in 2013 2014 and you felt good about well you know where we're at as a squad as a team uh, physically the, the depleted roster and all that but you just kind of felt like we were making progress and it was setting up for something bigger in the future and although we have more talent now well more depth and more talent in the depth now it just hasn't it just had not felt like you just hadn't had a great feeling coming out of these games like we were definitely going to build on something
1: man that's really well said and i didn't have that on here i was gonna like give a take on like the offensive line and how you know we we, we have to get better there but that's, that's pretty easy but this consistent effort thing i think I, I, that goes a long way i don't know if we're just living in the highlight world because um, we do have the big plays right offensively and defensively um but maybe we need the, uh, the, the, boring everyday wrap up, you know, hold him to three and a half yards instead of five. Um, that, that goes a long way too. So I think I'm just going to echo what you said about the, uh, effort, um, consistency and, um, and, and, and that, that'll be my work on. The only other work on that I had was just attacking. I think attacking offensively, attacking defensively. Uh, the whole game, um, never, you know, getting on your heels, never maybe just trying to get out of position defensively, but, you know, just just attacking on both sides of the ball. The offense, I thought we moved the sticks, but we had trouble finishing um, defense. I think there are several bright spots, but then we left too many receivers just wide ass open. So both of those things, we, we had sparks of looking great and then sparks of not knowing what we we're doing. So maybe that falls into the consistency thing, too.
0: And just kind of on a different note here, you think back to uh, Larry Fedora and Todd Monkin Those were, were offensive coaches. Mm-hmm. And the offenses got going quicker than the defenses. It took, you know, their final year is when their defenses played the best, and they were able to get on their opportunities from that. Sure. With Hop, you know, he came in. It, it probably, you know, there were some good things the first year on defense. He inherited Nick Mullins and, and Ido Smith. But you really haven't seen – the offense to match his defense. You know the defense is going to be good. You know that he's going to have his effort over there. But you just haven't seen if you could have his if you could have Jay Hobson's defense and Todd Munkin's offense, you know, we just can never get the right mix. Right. Mm-hmm. And and we're paying, you know, we're not paying the greatest amount of money to the coaches we got. So I mean it's it's a tall order to ask. But if if we could ever get that consistency on both sides of the ball,
1: we would be dangerous. Do, do you think that, that having as many good players, um, like, like, we, we have a bunch of players to choose from when the coaches are sitting on the sideline let's run this play and let's get this guy in there. And, you know, but there's also something to be said for chemistry where maybe this guy's not getting enough snaps or he's not used to working with that guy. I mean, do, do you think it, it I mean, I, I, know it's not a bad thing to have a whole bunch of good players, but does that make any sense to where you're, you're maybe it, it, it takes away from, from, from maybe what you, like as the coach, you're trying to you have so many good players that you want to get them all something.
0: I don't think there's much of that now. Okay. Right now, mm-hmm. I think that there's.
1: Um, of course, that being said, I would have liked to have seen more Neil McLaurin. I would have liked to have seen Tate. You know, just get some snaps. I thought that was our plan. I thought that was part of the plan. We've we've heard them talk about it. Hop and Buster for both. You know, say hey, Jack's the guy. We have packages for Tate. How many times could we have used some kind of Wildcat thing? <laughs> Maybe they well, just thought it wouldn't work, especially when Cooker went down. But I don't know. It, it kind of got to the point where it felt like our effort was going to have to be
0: through the air, and you know, mm-hmm. Jack probably gives you the best pa- uh, yeah, chance to get completions. True. But two, on the flip side of that, I'm if if it was me and there was not a need for like if I felt like Tate could help, definitely throw him in. But Tate could have used a redshirt year last year. I mean, he's got Tate's got that spark, man. He's got that toughness. Yes. he's got that it factor about him, but he doesn't have the uh consistent accuracy to go with that. And and he's gotten better. I mean you could see it. You know, he
1: hey, didn't have Yeah. He uh, didn't the, the backup the backup quarterback is always the most popular guy on the field. Yeah, oh absolutely. Like, you know, but so I think, that's that's kind of where I am, but not that I don't like Jack, but
0: I think, I think he's, got he's a good of,
1: player and I think he didn't play.
0: I think he's got a lot of potential, but I guess my point was it wouldn't shock me to redshirt him if it if it got to where they didn't use him in but four games, you know. Uh we'll see. Sure, they're going to have to use a backup quarterback against Alabama at some point, so one of them is going to get thrown in the mix. But yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, uh, it, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if that happened. But at the same time, I think he brings something different to the game, and mm-hmm. um, I definitely like seeing him on the field, you know, yes. mixing it up a little bit. I have uh, another need to work on, finishing drives. It, You know, I thought we did a really good job moving the ball. As the as the media, uh, the press really said, we did a good, great job moving the ball in between the 20s. We just couldn't. Couldn't finish and couldn't get the points on the board. I mean, look at this. So, total yards for the game, Southern Miss, 344, Mississippi State, 386. Passing yards, Southern Miss, 234, Mississippi State, 176. Rushing yards, 110 yards for Southern Miss, 210 for Mississippi State. First down, Southern Miss, 17, Mississippi State, 21. Third downs, we were two for nine. Third downs, they were three for nine. Uh, time of possession, we had 26 minutes, they had 33. And the big stat we had three turn well I'll say big stat because it was it really didn't matter when we had the last two but three turnovers versus zero so as far as like yardage and and, and the like the stats were were really comparable outside of the hundred more rushing yards you know
1: mm-hmm. yeah so
0: you know we were able to move the ball on them we just couldn't finish and that's that's something that's gonna have to change this week starting this particular week
1: so I think that's when i think that's when somebody has to be the leader and step up and you know damn it we're not going down this time, right? Uh and I still think we will, man. I st- I hope that it doesn't sound like uh you know, I'm I'm getting down on the team. I don't think we we're going to win that game this weekend. I thought we could have looked a whole lot better, but I don't think we we're going to win it. Um but you know, this this week is is kind of, you know, as John Gruden says, you know, it's nut-cutting time. So but gosh dang it! I still like our players a lot. Every time I start to get down a little bit, I think about who we have dressing out, and I think they're all good. I think we have a good team. So just fitting those pieces together. That's 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 why we pay hop the big bucks. So so hope they figure it out sooner rather than later. And I think some of this is going to be just
0: these guys learning to play with each other. I mean, you have, you had a lot of guys return, but you do have some new guys, especially up front in the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take a little time for them to gel and learn how to play together. And some of it is finding the right pieces to go in what spaces. So that being said, this week, Southern Miss, one and one on the year, taking on the Troy Trojans, one and oh on the year, hashtag, uh, Bust those Trojans! All right, that's going to be September 14th at 5 p.m. on ESPN Plus. The all-time record between Southern Miss and Troy, Southern Miss leads the series seven games to two. Now, you look at some of the the, the games out there. The last time we played was a nail biter that came down to the last play where we had an incomplete incompletion um, in the end zone and fell. To the Trojans 37 to 31 back in Hopshire in 2016. Then the time before that was the first New Orleans Bowl we went to under Larry Fedora's tenure, defeating them 30 to 27. And then for the most part, the rest of the games were blowouts, except for a game in 1939 where we beat them 13 to 6. And the first <laughs> time we played them, they defeated us in 1935, 14 to 13. So. Hmm. Troy's uh, got bookend wins, and the rest of them we won. So seven wins for us, two wins for the Trojans. The line as of right now is uh, we are three-and-a-half-point underdogs. It will be interesting to see which way that goes. Troy is also coming off a bye week, which you mentioned us taking on a pretty physical opponent in Mississippi State. They got the week off after a, a rather – I don't even know what division that team is. Who they play their first week?
1: Uh, Campbell, Campbell, Campbell? yeah, oh, yeah, yeah yeah, about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Troy played Campbell, right?
0: I don't even know what I don't even know what that is.
1: I don't know. Kill, killer soup.
0: Killer soup. <laughs> there was a guy that played offensive line with my uncle back in the eighties named Campbell. I, I don't. Anyways, he was a good dude. Oh, oh, get this. So Campbell, all right. Do you know what their mascot is?
1: I do not. Is it like a a giraffe? Not a, a, a camel.
0: Yes, they are the fighting the Campbell fighting camels.
1: Mm. Camels were playing the Trojans. There's a joke there somewhere.
0: There is a. Jo- <laughs> well, that's rural Alabama for you. Um,
1: <laughs> oh my goodness! But hey, look. In, in, in all seriousness, I mean, Troy is a team that um, kind of wants to be where Southern Miss has been for a while, right? And they they are now. I mean overall, you know, Troy was I don't even think they had a football team. Well, no, they did. But they or were they not division 1? Yeah, think... yeah, they moved to division 1.
0: Or were they the just sun... always sunbelt. No, no, they weren't always sunbelt. They joined the sunbelt like in the
1: 2000s, I think. Okay, but but I'm I mean mistaken. you get what say. I mean Southern Miss yeah. is kind of Southern Miss kind of set the bar as far as like the the underdog, the little guy, the the people that the the team that has uh, the, you know, nationwide are, are are relevant and are and respected. And people like Troy, you know, honestly, we just kind of beat up on them for the longest time. Now, I don't know if they've caught up to us, or we fell back to them, or a combination of both. But here we are, and they would love to be where we are, that respect level nationwide, I think. And um, and you know, us coming in limping, and maybe this game is kind of, you know, I know we're not Clemson or anything, but we're a fairly big name coming into Troy. So I think it's their fans are good are looking forward to it, and um. <laughs> they would love nothing more with all of the ties that we have these days, uh, administrative wise and, and, and everything else to, to, to knock off the Golden Eagle. So it's a huge game for them.
0: When you think about the storylines, you mentioned the connections. So for us, obviously, our current director of athletics, Jeremy McClain, what just came from Troy. Before Troy, he was at Southern Miss. And when he went to Troy, he brought a gang of folks with him. So, on the football staff and the athletics staff, these are the people that I know have Southern Miss ties. There may be more than this, but these are the only ones I know. So Troy head coach Chip Lindsey was the offensive coordinator here under Todd Munkin. Mm-hmm. Assistant head coach John Carr was on um Munkin's staff, I believe. Tight ends coach Cole Weeks was a quarterback here at Southern Miss. Mm-hmm. Direc- director of recruiting Dane Brown worked here under Munkin. Head strength and conditioning coach should, so Jason Finley was the strength and conditioning coach here last year in the previous couple of years. Director of athletics there, Brent Jones was in charge of marketing here at Southern Miss. Um, associate uh, executive athletic director of athletics, Kyle George, in charge of external ops, was worked in uh, in marketing here under Brent Jones. And then Deion Moore works in marketing promotions over there and, and did the same over here. So that's a laundry list of people with Southern Miss ties. So you you got to think this means a lot to them, and you got to think this means a lot to Jeremy McLean as well.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, that's a ton of, uh, of ammunition, really, um, on both sides of the, on, on, for both teams. But, um, if I'm Troy right now, I'm feeling pretty good about myself, right? Um, and if I'm Southern Miss right now, I'm, I'm you know, pretty pissed off at myself, honestly. So, I mean, it's gonna be a good game. I still hadn't decided whether I'm gonna make the trip or not. It's really far, and I don't know if Troy just is like the size of Pedal, but I can't find any hotels. Anywhere close. There's some, uh, like, 35 miles north in Montgomery, I think it was. I don't want to drive four hours and then have to drive 30 more minutes north to stay in a hotel. Then You know what I'm saying? That, that, that would just add time to the uh, trip back the next day. So if I do it, I don't know. It, I might just be Han Solo um, over there and driving back that night. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. You don't want to go to Flea
0: Market, Montgomery?
1: <laughs> i don't want to go to montgomery period
0: if it's montgomery just, was 30
1: something miles on this side of it i think it would be a little bit different
0: but dude it's just like a mini mall <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> now but, but but that being said i think it's cool i like their little stadium i like the whole thing i, I and i think it's going to be an entertaining game i hope we come out victorious but i think i would like it either way i just can't find any place to stay and I, it's just a, it's a little bit too far feels three hours i don't think i would have a problem with it but four hours Starts getting to that, you know, holy crap, I'm getting back at 2 in the morning type of stuff. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens.
0: Troy's starting quarterback is uh, by the name of Caleb Parker. His first game of this season, he was 18 for 29. 282 yards, two touchdowns, and um, and that against the Campbell Fighting Camels.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He had played a little bit, you know, the past few years. Not really played a whole heck of a lot. And the past few years, you know, Troy has been just a monster. They beat Nebraska last year, I believe they went 10 and 3 and only lost one game in the Sun Belt. I mean, they're a pretty stout mm-hmm. um you know, as far as the G5 or whatever, they've been pretty stout the past few years. They've gone to the New Orleans Bowl and dominated. Um, you know, th- they're definitely not going to be easy. Uh, to beat. That being said, this is not the same Troy team. They lost their head coach, Neil Brown, and went to West Virginia. I think Chip Lindsey's a good coach, but I mean, this, this he's inheriting Neil Brown's players, and they lost quite a
1: bit. So They lost all of their wide receivers, really. I mean, they've got a couple guys in B.J. Smith and Billingsley that, uh, you know, all we're looking at is is, is one game of stats here. Oh, no, that's the running backs. I'm sorry. Uh Todd and Geiger are the uh, wide receivers. They're replacing some studs that they had from last year, but... That first game, they, they both went over 100 yards, right? Todd with 108 and one TD, Geiger with 104. So you got two wide receivers going over 100 yards. That's uh, that's pretty solid work.
0: I mean, it's a pretty yeah. I just the it's it's tough to really gauge them off of that opposition. Yeah, you know. So I, mean, I mean, I think that I think we got a I think we got a pretty good shot in this mm-hmm. game. I'm not just being a homer when I say that. I think that that there's some you know with what they lost, with what we got coming back. And we do have some guys banged up. Like we mentioned, Travinsky Mosley probably won't see him for a little while. Coker Wright, I mean, him on crutches is not encouraging. I don't know what's going on with Ty Sykes. I sure would like to have him back,
1: but Quez Watkins will be back this week. Sure. Not a minute too soon either. I mean, he's the, I think he's the best player that we have offensively. I mean, maybe Jalon Adams is starting to step into that, that spot, but I mean, we all watched Quez last year. He's a difference maker. He's, he can get He can do the kind of stuff that those Mississippi State guys are doing. Right, just go up high, point it, Corey Robertson style, Mike Thomas style, um, and as good as the guys we have now, we don't have a whole lot of that ability that's that's currently playing. Um, so yeah, he's an absolute. I don't know what happened. I don't know why I had to sit two games. We're probably never gonna know, but we're glad to have him back. Um, fingers crossed, I guess. <laughs>
0: From yeah. Now to what, then,
1: who knows what's gonna happen, but right now we're in good shape with Quiz. So um it, it never hurts to get one of your best players, if not your best player on offense, uh, you know, back on the field.
0: Well you, you have get him out there, you get him on the field with Adams, Tim Jones, Jordan Mitchell, uh Demichael Harris. I mean, like that's a that's a lot of fun, man. It's I mean weapons. Just,
1: weapons. Yeah, everybody's just gotta weapons. find a way to use them. They He's do different things.
0: I forgot yeah. one. I forgot one connection, by the way, when I was talking about Southern Miss and, um, and Troy. Uh, former Golden Eagle wide receiver Reed Riles transferred to Troy as a, oh. a graduate transfer. So he plays for uh, the Trojans now. So I don't know about his contribution to the uh, Trojans, but that's where he is now. So you got to imagine that this is a game that he wants really bad as well.
1: Hey and also uh Troy I'm looking at it here they had six players on defense um, that credited with at least a, a partial sack, at least a half sack. So that's pretty solid effort too. And maybe that was, you know, the game was out of hand and they, you know, emptied the bench and a few players got I don't know. But yeah, I know you have six different players who got to the quarterback. So that's something to hang your hat on.
0: Yeah, you know, Campbell's in the in the Big South conference which um, same conferences in North Alabama, Garner Webb, you know teams that we would play in basketball probably. Um, but yeah, I don't even think they're a Division One school, so I don't even know what I don't even know what that is. I think that's Division Two, maybe not even FCS.
1: So, yeah, well, hey, at this point, I'm not going to count anybody out.
0: <laughs> no, I'm just saying like you uh, like, got to I mean, take you got to yeah, take that game with a grain of salt. I don't right, really right, right, you
1: know, sure, no doubt. Well, but when you play those teams, that's what you're supposed to do to them. You're going let them hang around. Yeah, absolutely. You know, at 43 to 13, that's a beatdown. So they're feeling pretty good about themselves. Well, I think we just about covered everything in that regard.
0: Real quick before we go to the NFL. So, right now, these are the players on active rosters in the National Football League. One of them is playing right now as we speak. Cornell Armstrong is now with the Houston Texans, so Monday night, Monday night football, go up to 4th Street Bar. You can watch Cornell take on the New Orleans Saints. Right now, Jamie Collins is on the tube with the New England Patriots taking on the Steelers. For the Tampa Bay Bucs, DeMar Dotson, Rashad Hills with the Minnesota Vikings, Tarverius Moore, who got his first start today for the San Francisco 49ers, Nick Mullins with the 49ers as well, Jalen Rashard with the Oakland Raiders. I believe they play tomorrow night. Raheem nunez Rochez is playing for the Tampa Bay Bucs. Edo Smith got some run today for the Atlanta Falcons. Mike Thomas with the Los Angeles Rams. And on the injured reserve right now is Cameron Tom with the New Orleans Saints. So those are your guys that are on active NFL rosters at this point. I don't think we have anyone on uh, an active um, practice squad roster. But, you know, the season's young. Injuries are going to happen. Some of these guys mm-hmm. are going to get picked up. I think Picasso will get another shot somewhere at some point. I know he's received some calls for a few teams, even some CFL teams. So wouldn't shock me to see Picasso get picked up sometime soon. So we'll see what happens. Um, you always, you always pull for these guys, no matter what team they are. It looks like what a third of these guys are playing in the same division as the Saints. <laughs> so yeah. <it's>, really. <laughs> um, but you know, you wish them the best in, in uh, you want to see all these Golden Eagles shine. So let's shut it down, man. Let's give some shout-outs. Shout-outs to our friends at the 4th Street Bar. You guys go check them out tomorrow night for Monday Night Football. Shout-out to Jason Baker and the Prestige Insurance Agency. Shout-out to College sports unfiltered.com You want to jibber-jabber about Southern Miss, go check it out. Shout-out to Susan Bailey, our newest Patreon. Hey, hey. Mama. <laughs> shout-out to the men of Sigma Chi, the Theta Delta chapter. Shout-out to the men of Pi Kappa Phi, the Theta Alpha chapter. Shout-out to our friends at the Courtyard by Marriott.
1: Jason, you got any shout-outs? Quick shout-out. Just my buddy Steve and Cooper came over and watched the game. And our buddy Keith, Mississippi State grad, but he was over here. Cool dude. Anyway, Cooper had this elaborate setup, man. I think I sent you a video of it, but he set up this this projection screen. We had the tent. We had the sides on it. Um, it was awesome. Besides the fact that it was 6 million degrees outside, um it was really cool, so super shout out to him. It took him like an hour to set it up. It was awesome, and who knows? If we get to rolling, maybe we'll have a uh, a party where everybody can come over here and and watch a game and play some cornhole. So we got Troy this week. So if if
0: you can make it, by all means, go support the team. Then a week after that, we play Alabama at Tuscaloosa. Let's just go out there and put up a fight. But then the week after that, we come back home to take on the UTEP Miners, and this is the first. This is like. This is like the repeal of prohibition. Like, you know, we've, we've been, we've been downing them this whole time, but you'll be able to go in the stadium, purchase a beer. You get to come home and support the Golden Eagles. I don't care about the 30 K. I'd love to see it, but let's, if you're a Golden Eagle fan, let's just come out. Let's have a good time. Cheer the Golden Eagles on to victory. We get a buy the week after that, a much needed buy. So, um, make plans to join us in Hattiesburg on September the 28th as the Golden Eagles take on the UTEP minors. Alright, look for To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey presented by the 4th Street Bar in Hattiesburg on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio and Stitcher. Subscribe, give us a rating and a review. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you don't like the show, tell your friends. And as always, Southern Miss To The Top Talk